Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy port beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. Yep, that's right. It's a place where we get to be very green for a couple of hours and also, frankly, You know, I can't guarantee it, but I do believe that before this time is up, you will know something you didn't know already, or you will get confirmed something you thought was true, or maybe you'll even smile or giggle a little bit, because, you know, I can be kind of crazy sometimes. That's why Crazy Mama probably should have been the theme of this song, except that the beat is too slow. So anyway... My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama, and it is a great pleasure and a tremendous privilege to be here with you on Saturdays for weekend gardening. Please, please, please give me a call. 888-808-8637. That's the Super Talk call line. And the ceasefire text line is always open to you, of course, 601-879-4395. You all send the funniest texts and most beautiful pictures on that ceasefire text line, I got to tell you. But the Super Talk call line is where this all starts. So use both, and I appreciate you being there. I have said uh, for many, many moons now that if we need to figure out how to desalinate ocean water if we're going to survive in the west part of our country. And in fact, I hate to be prescient, but um, it's it's truer now than it has ever been. There was it at one time in my experience, my own personal experience, a big effort towards it, but it was determined to be unfeasible financially for the state of California. Well... I wonder what they're thinking now, because if they had already figured it out, and I mean, the process was there, but if they had already begun that and had already been doing it all this time, we wouldn't be hearing about drought. We wouldn't be hearing about barrels in Lake Mead that have been exposed that have who knows what in them, okay? But the good news is that we do have some faster portable desalinization units that I have to tell you are not going to be, you know, they may not be available at your local store, but I think they're going to be around, particularly because you can portable, you can use a small portable solar panel to run the thing. It doesn't weigh a whole lot. And if we can do this, for example, at the campsite at the side of the ocean or in the country where they that's what they only access to water that they have, certainly we can apply the technology on a larger scale to take care of our neighborhoods and whatnot. This is all from MIT. It removes particles and salts and generates drinking water. It's the size of a suitcase. And I don't know how to tell you this, but it takes less power than a cell phone charger. So we're not talking about doing something, you know, completely insane. I'm I'm always fascinated when they change something to make it more 
environmentally conscious or or more streamlined or more technologically adaptive and it turns out to be a, a, an energy sucker that's never that ne- that's never going to be the way for this to work but in this case MIT has come up with one that's really really going to work um guess what the small panel that they're talking about is is so small that it's less than $100 online for that for the size panel so the whole thing is very doable i'm probably not going to be living in a cabin next to the beach but I do understand that if this kind of technology is with us now for foreign, I shouldn't say foreign, for other places where water is less available than it is here now, certainly we can do this on a grander scale for ourselves. They've been working on this for 10 years, which the biggest, another of the big pieces of this, of course, is being able to operate it on solar power and without a filter. Because if you think about it, filters are not um, a small thing. Filters end up having to be replaced and or, or cleaned or whatever it is. So that's going on, and I, I'm guessing that. Um, and Larry says yes, and I was I was going to mention that, Larry. I was going to mention that that Dubai is way ahead of us on this one. Um, no, I'm not talking about the women in the gold dresses, although that's lovely. Whew, that's a lot of dresses, but. We're talking about water now. So thank you, Larry. You're right. UT Austin is now talking about their development of a low cost. Again, we have to do these things without sucking all of the money out of ourselves for the energy that it takes to run something. But more than a third of the world's population lives where it is dry, somewhere it is really dry. And their technology now is has developed a low cost gel substance, a film. And guess what it does? pulls drinkable water from the air in even the driest climate. Mm-hmm. Condensation is a wonderful thing. So this is really, really wonderful. Nature Communications is where you can find out more about that. Um, this is crazy. I'm not going to get into the details of it because it's really complex, but the, the things that they use are not hard to find and not hard to put together. Um Typically, other methods that they have used, as I have said, and they, this is what they're reporting in here, have been really energy intensive. This one's not. This one's easy, easy, easy. So that's wonderful. Andrea in Madison um, has her, her neighbor's apple tree leaves dying on the end of the branches and on all sides of the tree. What should he do? First of all, you should look at well, that really is sad. It, 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 you should look across the street and see if there's a cedar tree within range. Because if it is, it's it's cedar apple rust, and there's not a great deal beyond that that it can be. Now, this this also can be one of the forms of, of fire blight. It's not exactly the, it's not the fire blight that we see on pears, but apples are related. So if there's no cedar tree, um, either way it goes, though, what you have to do is go back. The advice I would give to him and to anybody really who has these burned leaves at the, at the tips of a pear tree, an apple tree, any any fruit tree like that, or even a rose bush sometimes, um, I would cut them off, but take them off carefully. And here's how to do that pruning. First, you have to get a small jar of water with bleach in it. About one to ten is usually enough. Take your clippers with you. Take that bleach water with you and cut back on the branch at least two inches behind where the damage is. Catch it in something that you can throw it away with easily because you don't want this anywhere in your garden. And then dip your shears into the bleach water before you make another cut. Okay, so dip it between every cut. Um, it can be a problem. But if this if the cedar apple rust is there, it's a, it's a bigger deal. 
It is a much, in fact, it's a much bigger deal. Uh, the first time I grew apples, I discovered that, that, uh, there was a cedar tree down the road. And I had been admiring the cedar tree, but I had, didn't think about it. Even though I had been to horticulture school and knew about these things, I just didn't think about it. So, any rate. What's going on in your garden today? Mine is uh, full of mimosas. I have two mimosa trees that have just turned out to be just lovely this year. I do love mimosas. I know they're they're weedy trees. They're not long-lived. They can come up everywhere if you let them go to complete seed. It's a, you know, it's a mess, but there's just something about those flowers. They're so powder puff. You know, the powder puff pink is a particularly lovely thing. And I kind of like how they're just a little bit not so nice. You know, that mimosa is going to come up between your nandinas or somewhere else. And you may or may not want it there. But it's such a pretty little tree that you leave it. And then the next thing you know, it's taken over the space. But, you know, sometimes you like that. Sometimes nothing else will grow there. And the mimosa can take it, take that spot that nothing else was going to get into. I, I like that. Uh, I like that whole thing. My, my truck was covered in flowers that were rained out uh, last night. And I, I thought about how it, they really do look like the funny little skirts. Have you ever seen how people turn hibiscus flowers and, and make them look like little girls with hats on? Anyway, if you've never seen that, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's the same basic thing as... Making the larkspur, you know, open and close. It's these things that we do with flowers when we're, well, frankly, bored. And the things that we can impress children with. So that's another one that you might want to think about. I had no idea that this was still there. I, I remember, st- I mean, this was like a point in, in a history class someplace. But they discovered a royal shipwreck off the English coast. The Gloucester sunk in the 17th century, um, and, and it, it this was 1680 some odd. Okay, the wreck has laid half buried on the seabed, unknown since then. At the time that it sank, it had the future King of England James Stewart on it. It had a whole lot of stuff on it. This was a big, big ship. And it sunk off the coast of England. I, I always think, you know, well, okay, the the ships hit a storm and they sunk in the Caribbean, or this and that. The ones, the, the Gloucester sank, and literally has not been discovered until now, due to the age, the prestige of this royal vessel, the things that they had already pulled out of there, but without being able to find the ship, just the things that were in that general area. This is really a huge, huge deal. Um, Almost moment in British history, okay? You know, they they talk about, well, not they, but the world talks about um, the theories of history. One of them is that the great man happens, and yes, it could be a woman, but it's a, the idea is that a human being makes is born and something happens because that human being was born. Others believe it are events that drive history. There's different points of view about it. But in this particular case, the royal shipwreck caused the very near death of the Catholic heir to the Protestant throne. Now, believe me, this was a big deal back in the day. I'm sure there were people on both sides that were cheering and wanting things to go the direction that they were hoping for. But now there'll be, in 2023, a really very cool exhibit. 
if you get to the Norwich Castle Museum and Art Gallery, for all of you who are traveling internationally, and I know a lot of you are, this would be one that would be well worth putting on it, you're on your list. If you, there's songs about all of these things, but if you remember the Mary Rose, um, they, they, they raised the Mary Rose in, in the, in the early 80s, and that was one of the things that made a big impression on a lot of people, and in fact, when that happens, then the next generation goes as a kid and goes, well, I'm going to study that too. And that's how we, that's how, you know, humanity progresses into the future of, of discovery. Somebody gets excited about it and they go to school and they learn some more. And the next thing you know, we've got the Gloucester, which they never expected to be able to find. Very cool. Very, very cool. If we go to the absolute opposite end of the spectrum on this one, um, there, there's, now we are able to determine land use intensity using satellites from space. I love that. I don't. I have no idea what they're learning about it, but I just think it's a marvelous, marvelous thought. I like somebody looking at that. Garden Mama, Lisa in Jackson wants to know, can you prune azaleas now without hurting next year's blooms? Probably not. Um, anytime it's been more than a month since an azalea bloomed and many other flowering shrubs, but azaleas are probably the best example. We have... Uh, we have to realize that they form their flowers. They begin forming their flowers for next year within a month of the time they bloom this year. Now, that being said, if it's a reblooming azalea, like an encore, and that it, you, it blooms in spring and fall and off and on, it's not so picky. We'd still rather you pruned it right after it bloomed the first time this year. But they will respond a little bit better. And if you need to do some, you know, if you're making, building a sidewalk and the thing's laying over it, or if you've got windows that you can't see you know, out of because of the azalea, I understand that sometimes we have to prune them. And usually, I mean, the plant will come back and it, it just won't, it just may or may not affect the flowers, probably will affect the flowers. Okay. Um, Gary's in Oxford. Patience, Gary, patience. Why would my tomatoes stay green and not show any color? They are full size. I know. I feel the same way. I have some that are sitting there staring at me. <laughs> but you will. It, it will happen. Um, there's there's going to be plenty of warm weather for ripening here in the next couple of weeks. And it can take longer than we wish it did in the first place. But in the second place, as long as the plants are green, the leaves are good and green, and the fruit is there, all you need to do is make sure that it gets water. And that's not been too big a problem in most areas. They're, they do they can take as much as as long as a month after they're formed to actually ripen all the way. But I will tell you this: as soon as they start to get lighter green, and then the shoulders of the fruit, you know, the round part at the top, will begin to get just a little bit more color in it. We call that pink shoulders, isn't that cute? But that's what it is, and and, and it's pink pink shoulders on the, the at that point. You have to start watching because that's when, at my house at least, the birds and the squirrels decide that they just have to mess up my fruit. I, I pick and bring inside almost all of it at that stage. I leave some to ripen. I leave cherry tomatoes, for example, because they don't bother them as much. But you can pick them as soon as they have pink shoulders, and you will have fruit that ripens inside your house. So just be patient. Tomato ripening is one of those things that we take so for granted until it doesn't happen. And um, I have to say, um, I've been wishing for a large um, tomato that I could slice that's the size of a piece of bread. You know, you can, sometimes you get them that are that large. Don't have any that big this year. But my Goliaths have been very, very good. They're big, 
nice nice ripe tomatoes and uh, just a delicious one you know i got that plant i didn't really intend to i usually just grow cherry tomatoes or pear tomatoes or something like that because the farmer's market near my house has such great tomato growers you can, i can go there and get a whole lot of what i want without having to do it myself <laughs> maybe something that you think about but this year when i was at gaddis and mclaurin um doing the radio show which is always so much fun the bonnie sale that day got me and the bonnie sale had this goliath container plant you know it's, it's a, a, a determinant when it isn't going to be ultimately taller than about four feet tall it's really really good really really good tomato i recommend it and i have grown goliath as a summer tomato going into fall and it did pretty well too this has been blueberry week i bet yours are doing well i hope they are this is not the bumper crop that last year was but it's a lot of lot uh, enough certainly to eat and cook with um i haven't turned my teeth blue quite and you may have but in that case i'm a little bit jealous because i always like this time of year but if you are thinking about planting vegetables planting fruits if you've never done that before or if you've got a friend who's willing now to give over some space and you're you're about to expand what you're doing i can't tell you that blueberries are the best but i can tell you that i i don't want to be without them um and and i do love figs too but i gotta say pineapple guava oh my goodness that it's a beautiful plant it has just developed beautifully and really makes me happy i can't wait for there to be some see some pretty flowers and whatnot it's going to be nifty triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven that of course is the super talk call line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five that's how you reach me on the ceasefire text line i'm garden mama otherwise known as nelly neal and this is weekend gardening Carry on, carry on With darkness all about You want to scream and shout Carry on, carry on Don't cry, baby Look at where you've been Everybody knows You're just a little friend Please, please, please Go down on your knees Carry on, carry on Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. This is Joe Rooks for do-it-yourselfers or seasoned pros. Revelace is the place to go. 
This is Smokey Williamson. If it has to do with keys, Revel Ace Hardware can help. We cut house and office keys. We can rekey locks in the store. And in some stores, we can even key alike padlocks. At Revel Ace, we program automobile keys and fobs for most makes and models for much less than the dealer. There's a Revel Ace Hardware near you. Come see us. Learn more at RevelHardware.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by, see us, or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bath Fitter Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we too want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. So glad of that, Mr. Muscle White. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. Some of that, too. (laughs) Despite some very catastrophic, really, um, predictions, as well as some not-so-positive research data, despite all of that, 
I think the monarch butterflies are doing okay. We've had so many studies and worries and monarch watch and all these things over the last decade. People have been telling each other, um, get, you know, show the kids how it works so that we can nourish this particular butterfly and, of course, the others that live along with it. But the new study right now has found that actually warming temperatures and growth in the summer population of monarchs as a result has actually compensated for the losses that we have seen during the winter. Now, the the colonies in Mexico and California have rebounded, but that's not all. In fact, right now we're looking at some really terrific work being done, Canada um, the, and Mexico, along with the U.S., putting our efforts together to be sure that there's habitat and to understand how it's going, in other words, to do the count. So... As they analyzed the data, because they were, you know, Canada's considering making them an endangered species, so we have to really understand what's going on with them. Parts of the U.S. Northeast and parts of the Midwest, which perhaps, of course, could extend into Canada, are showing a decline in monarch butterflies. But the Southeast, that's us, and the Northwest, where we understand things are a little warmer than they might have been 10 years ago, 5 degrees on average, are actually unchanged, but actually in, in increasing in our ability to produce that summer population of monarchs. I thank all of you who do that. All of you who raise monarchs, show other people how to raise monarchs, and make sure that we have the, the milkweed, the Asclepias tuberosa that we need in our gardens. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's working. Monarchs in Florida are in huge numbers. So, I don't know that it'll happen, but I'm willing to bet there's going to be a very large effort to go down and see the monarchs in Florida somewhere along around the 5th of July. Maybe not the 4th, but around the 5th. Jeff has just sent um, what has to be... You just, you're trying to make me crazy, Jeff. I'm telling you, the good news is that I'm not one who tends to drive out, you know, to where you are and steal your tomatoes. But what a beautiful display. Oh my goodness. Here are the varieties that he's showing, um, that he picked today. Ozark Pink, Black Beauty, Celebrity, Mortgage Lifter, Early Girl, and, and Brad's Atomic Grapes and some other ones. The, the Atomic Grapes, by the way, are delicious. Um, I love, love, love that mortgage lifter. It's one of my favorites in the large um, tomato department, too. So that's just beautiful, Jeff. Thank you for showing me. And, of course, more tomatoes. Ooh, that's beautiful. Trays and Grenada sending his plants with all this beautiful fruit on them. looks great. Kind of a foggy morning there, too, it looks like. Really beautiful. 70 plants. Oh, gee whiz. Let's see now. That's going to be about a month from now when those get ripe. Mm, I don't think I'll be there, but I'll think about you. (laughs) It's beautiful. Just beautiful. Uh, Let's see. Paula is uh, in Greenwood. Something's eating the Boston firm, and there are... There's some frass, some black droppings. It might be snails. The snails would not be doing, the snails would be leaving slick tracks if that's what was in there. And they could be, but I'm just saying they would, they would show you by leaving on that, that slick goo that they travel on. Slugs and snails both and in some other creatures, but slugs and snails particularly do their, all their locomotion comes in the, as the result of that, that slick slime that they're able to put out. That's how they travel. So look for that. Um, but, the the thing that I would consider doing since you're you're seeing the frass, I have a feeling it's either going to be a small caterpillar or a large caterpillar at some point. Um, 
I would take that right now today and mix up some insecticidal soap or if you have a pyrethrin or some other not really spinosad would work just just let your what you what you're trying to do is to put your fern and all of its soil and all of its pot into a container that has just enough insecticide in it and some probably it's a little bit of fertilizer in some warm water let it soak there for a little while and pull it out now if you can see where the critter is sometimes they'll float to the top when you put them in a bucket like that but if you can see where it's eating obviously you're going to want to cut that part out and get rid of the critter but if you can't see it and you're only seeing the droppings go ahead and do the plunge method where you just take the whole fern put it into a five gallon bucket or whatever it'll fit in that you've mixed up some if you don't have any insecticidal soap or any pyrethrin or any spinosad or something that is an insecticide that that could take care of this problem, then you're probably going to want to just do soapy water and see if that will drive them away. But if you'll plunge it, leave it maybe 10 or 15 minutes and pick it back up, then water the plant real well an hour later, you're going to do it. You're going to be in good shape. That's really it's lovely. It's a it's a problem, but it's one that you can solve. Um, if you don't see the critter, sometimes that's a harder harder solve but we can go ahead and treat the plant let's see um okay i don't know what to do about that but thank you (laughs) from corinth we have a weed problem what is it (laughs) i'm sorry lawn flower bed you know Ooh, bill and perkinson those are gorgeous grapes just beautiful just gorgeous I was uh I thought about y'all, I thought about you and your wife this week. I was out with my diatomaceous earth getting after something and I thought about you. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a time. Such pretty tomatoes. Wowie zowie. Um I'm gonna have to look at that one. I can't get I can't get close enough to the screen right there. But I will look at that next one and we will see what the problem is. Okay. Have you ever heard of dopamine? Dopamine is, uh, in the generic world, is considered the happy hormone. It's the thing that, that, it's one of the things that is released in our bodies that gives us a sense of well-being. And in particular, um, it, it is a thing that helps us, if we can understand how it's being working, how it's working and how it is changed by different issues that come up as life goes on. For example, um, people who have Parkinson's disease may have a very difficult time identifying their emotions or, or it, it, it explaining how it is that they feel. And in part, that's because dopamine levels shift greatly when we have other neurological disorders like this. It goes to, um, sometimes it goes to low dopamine levels. Sometimes it really just disrupts the flow so that it's on and off and on and off, which can be even more troubling. The Journal of Neuroscience, though, from the University of Birmingham is letting us know that they were working on making those levels even out for people, you know, in other words, um, applying the the necessary changes to the dopamine levels and, and frankly, to the triggers that cause it. They they were trying to recognize emotions, which because it is so fundamental to social interactions and can also play such a large role in one's quality of life or and or the healing that one is able to do, depending on what it is. 
So what they found was that they can really affect that ability with very, very little intervention. And that's very exciting. That's wonderful. Um, they, they worked with 33 healthy male and female people, got a baseline for how dopamine affects them under different circumstances. And then, of course, they went to work with the people that are having a problem. And they improved their emotions under the their emotional recognition, I should say, with when their dopamine levels were increased. Um, one of the things that we talk about here all the time in, in this this place is the benefits that gardening does for your body and your mind. And that release of dopamine that comes, you know, let's, let's face it, you see that tomato ripening, you see that seed coming up. I planted some 10-year-old seeds. I've been telling you all this for all summer. I've been, I'm on a thing to plant my old seeds. I planted the, the 10-year-old morning glory seeds just knowing that I'd never see them again. Well, it's called Grandpa Otis, and it's now up and really growing. So the problem is I tend to put all of the seeds in because I don't think anything's going to come up. Now I've got about 15 of them in one very small container. The beans that I planted, I told you about, had far too many beans in the container because I wanted to see if the seeds would come up. They all came up. Now they've got beans on them. So (laughs) that's something to consider, you know. Something to consider. Um, the bugs are eating up blueberries and peaches. Well, I I would kind of need to know what bug it is that that's eating them. Is it eating the fruit or is it eating the leaf? Send me some more information. I'll be happy to try and help you. Okay. Oh, fun. <laughs> how do we ha- how do we get rid of this weed? Well, Carolina geranium is very hard to get rid of. It, it, it's such a crazy name. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. It's, it's a hard one. It's, it, there's a lot of things that have a place that they can grow. And in this particular case, it is the places where it's too shady for lawn grass. It's too damp for lawn grass, but it doesn't stay wet all the time. And the, the Carolina geranium just go, grows over things. If I don't mess up, if I don't interrupt my leaf piles, the, it will take over that. I've let it. I've let it grow behind my greenhouse because it's too shady back there to grow anything, and it, it keeps the mud down. But it's not something that you want in your lawn or in your flower bed. And we'll talk about. I, I, send me. Tell me something. Send me another one more note about that weed, and tell me where it's growing. Is it growing in your lawn? Is it just where is it? Okay, and that'll help. In terms of the, the peaches, if you can send me a note back or a picture and show me the damage or show me the insect itself if you happen to see it, I'm not thinking it's the same on peaches and blueberries. They usually don't have the same pests, but I'll be happy to try and figure that out with you. Okay. Um, Jeff's got a vine with thorns. Okay. I have to pull it out of the house. Oh, goodness, that's terrible. I don't know what that is. I can't get close enough. I'll get there at the break. I did not. Here's another piece of, of brain work today um, that I don't think I even I had no idea. Did you know that your brain processes odors you don't like faster than ones it does like? <laughs> I had no idea. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know, Mickey, will what grow? Okay, Mickey, let me, tell me what it is you want to grow, and I'll be happy to help. Okay. I'll have to have some more info sometimes. Meanwhile, um, Byron from Brandon, oh, this is a good question. 
we planted a small butterfly garden last month with lantana butterfly bushes and different types of zinnias. Just about everything has died or is dying. My question is, would the red mulch kill new plants? It had a really strong chemical odor coming from the mulch when we opened the bags. Just wondering if I need to get that mulch out of the bed and replace it with something different. Well, um, I certainly would start there. I, I have no problems with taking that out and putting in something else. But what you also want to do while you're doing this is check the condition of your soil. Um, if it's staying wet, Byram has had quite a bit of rain. If it's if it's staying wet, then the problem may be that the the bed itself is too wet, and you'll want to limit your mulch on top to about an inch deep and no deeper. So you may have put on more mulch trying to control the weeds. It could be that there's – I doubt that there's toxins in there, but it just could be that the soil's staying too wet and the mulch is helping that, and that's what's doing in the plants. Okay? Maybe. We'll see. Um, yep. Oh, how do we get rid of Carolina geranium? So we'll keep on we'll keep going on the Carolina geranium. I don't there's not actually a way. There are products that that will be recommended to spray on it and then you spray them again and then you spray it again and it's a very difficult thing to get rid of. Let's see. Um Fred in Petal. Hey Fred, what's going on? Hey Garden Mama, I hadn't talked to you in about 10 years, but uh I'm glad we're you both know, still here. <laughs> all right, we're still alive. That's right. But, but I keep hearing people talk about planting seeds, beans, or whatever too close together. Mm-hmm. When we lived in Louisiana, we used to do that. Mm-hmm. And a good, simple way of uh, correcting a problem is take a pair of scissors and just clip off the ones you don't want. You're exactly you right. to disturb the soil. You're exactly right, because when you start pulling, then you end up messing up the roots of the one you're trying to keep. You're exactly That's right. That's correct. You're exactly Merry right. Christmas. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Take care. <laughs> That's fun. Yep, 10 years. I guess it has been a little while. <laughs> All right. We're going to work on Carolina geranium. Um, and, oh, good. Y'all are coming back with some with some more information about stuff. Good, good, good. That's excellent. Okay. Good deal. Um David's in Gluckstadt. He's not near a radio, but he has leaf-footed bugs on his cucumbers. Leaf-footed bugs are not generally a big problem and unless their numbers get you, okay? And that's really what the, that's really what the problem will be. When their numbers increase, they're all hungry and they will give you some trouble. But for the most part, a few of them are not troublesome, okay? I'm going to see if I can crawl into this computer and, and find out what uh, that plant is that I can't quite see. You all just step aside, talk among yourselves, get a little more coffee. By the way, we've got more research to tell us that coffee's good for us. Makes me happy. How about you? This is Weekend Gardening.
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest, not long ago, I was unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my healthcare provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting the MSWay.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Green. The new degree of comfort. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bathfitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bathfitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Harley Equipment in Gluckstadt is excited that grass cutting season has finally arrived. Harley has a large selection of in-stock Skag Zero Turns, Walt Behinds, and stand-on mowers. And Skag mowers are known for being simply the best in the lawn equipment industry. Skag has the mowing machine to meet your needs with a variety of models to choose from for whatever size property you might have. Skag is offering 0% financing and no money down, so buying a new mower has never been easier. Harley Equipment in Gluckstadt. Find us on Facebook or give us a call, 601-499-0944. This is owner Cameron Hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn and outdoor equipment needs, shop smartly, shop Hartley. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Did you know that when you start losing your hair, it means your hair follicles have gone dormant? Meet Rivella. Powered by breakthrough ingredient ProSelanil, Rivella Hair Revival Serum directly targets and reawakens hair follicles. After a six-week clinical trial using Rivella, 97% of women saw thicker, fuller-looking hair. So go to RivellaHair.com and enter code RADIO15 for 15% off. Rivella, R-E-V-E-L-A. 
Results are your money back. Doesn't mean to brag, but uh, sure he does. <laughs> He's sending pictures of uh, corn and sunflowers, both of which look great, beautiful things today. Bill and Parkinson's got the good grapes, but he also says his small zucchini fruit have uh, turned yellow and are drying, are dying out. Does it look like poor pollination or a mineral problem? Could be poor pollination, certainly. That I wouldn't, I would not hesitate to hand pollinate those things. But I'll also tell you that you got a lot of competition for the water and nutrients um, that are around. And by the way, get that gripe weed out of there, that little leaflet thing that you're, I'm seeing, because it will spread everywhere if you let it go to seed. It's a big problem. Carolina geranium is the same way, by the way. Um, I'm thinking maybe poor pollination, maybe just that it, it, it's been, I, I think it probably rained when it got pollinated, so it pollinated a little bit, but it didn't pollinate enough. And hopefully it's going to get improved or, and or when the new flowers come on, you can certainly pollinate yourself. Okay, I think that'll be a good idea. I'm still working on your your weed, Jeff. I don't know what that is, but I'm I'm hopeful I'm going to figure that one out. That's a very unusual one. Carolina geranium is a big problem um, for a lot of folks. I'm (laughs) I've got some impressive stands in these photographs. Let me tell you, as I said. I used that plant. It came up in the back end of my yard in the in the shade when nothing else grows there. I do use it for that. But when it's taking over a part of your garden, maybe it's taking over the lawn, maybe it's taking over the flower bed, you do need to pull it out. And it is easy enough to pull out, but, yes, you have to pull it out every year and then plant something else so that you end up with a desirable plant and not more Carolina geranium. If it's growing in your lawn, there's not enough light for the lawn to grow, and that's why the Carolina geranium is taking over because it's it's a very advantageous plant. But the main thing, and yes, you can spray it with herbicides, but as people have noted here, you can spray it all you want. It's still going to come back. That's true. If you pull it out, that's good. Don't let it go to seed, however. Don't let it flower. Don't let it go to seed, or you'll just end up spreading the seeds around. So pull it out, hoe it out, um, rip it out, whatever you need to do, and plant something else there. Okay? That's the, the best advice for control. You can spray it, and you can spray it as, as much as you want, but it's not necessarily going to control it. I promise. Let's see. What is this a picture of? What am I seeing? Um, okay. And I, I'm not sure what you sprayed them with. Um, so I'm, this is about the, the blueberries and the peaches. Okay, let me just tell you what the deal is. Blueberries have very few pests at all. You may see on some new growth, as I'm seeing right now, some sticky spots where they take it, the, the, the mealy bug takes advantage of that brand new leafy growth. But you literally can wipe those off or, or put them off, take them off with a little bit of alcohol or something. Um, the, the, the other plant, the peaches have predictable big pest problems. 
So I encourage you to go to the Cooperative Extension website, msucares.com, and look up peaches and see what it is that you're dealing with. And then you can tell me what pest it is, and maybe I can help you with a choice, or you'll decide that the home remedy is what you want to use. Okay? Either way. Is Mabel on the line? Hey, Mabel, what's going on? Oh, well, none of my flowers, all my flowers, they're just sitting there. I can't get no good yard. I'll tell you what, it's been so wet at your house and my house. <laughs> Woo, we've had a lot of rain. Did you get that I last mean, night? I got that last night again. Yeah. Yeah. But I, my, my, I just don't know. I bought salt and put it in my bed and everything, and that's just can't get keep my yard pretty. Hmm. I, I know what you mean. We've had some challenges this year. Right now, I've got um, I have a couple of weeds I've never seen before, and I really believe it's because it's been so wet. Yeah, um, there's a lady from Louise wanted me to call you. Okay. She, I gave her your number. She said she can't pick you up up there in Louise, in Louise, Mississippi. Mm. You know where is that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know which channel to tell her, but there's there's always a way. What does she need to know? She needs to know can she plant okra. And uh, is it too late to plant okra? And um, and what she told me, and tomatoes and pepper. Okay, it's fine to plant okra. I would wait for tomatoes and peppers to, and do that in, next month. In in do that in July for the fall crop. Hmm. The next month to plant that. Mm-hmm. But I would you can plant okra today. Okay. Oh, she needs that to get the seeds or. If you if you can find the plants, they'll sure be a lot easier. But if she wants to start some seeds, sure, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. The the okra itself, I would start from seed anyway because it's so hot and fine that we can get that. I don't know why I'm seeing my my text line has suddenly gone into overdrive here. I'm seeing lots of pictures I wasn't seeing before. <laughs> anyway, um, just tell her to start the tomato seeds and the pepper seeds, but but start them ahead of time, and then go ahead and plant the okra outside now. Okay. All right. And you and I, by the way, you and I, Mabel, in our neighborhood, are we are now twice what we should be for this month for rain again. So for the year, we're running twice as high as we should be. We can only hope that it it keeps that we have some rain in the fall. But right now, we're way over. Oh, let me ask you one more question. Yeah. The, uh, my daughter got some. Uh, she got a big pot, but she got more than one. A tomato plant in there. She got one little tomato done come on them. Mm-hmm. Do she need to take some of them out? No. Oh. Just let them go. Keep growing. Oh, okay. Leave the tomato. She got about three or four. As long as it's a big enough pot, they'll be fine. Okay. She need to stick them, though, all right? Well, if yeah, probably. Okay. Or cage them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Have a wonderful day. That's some great questions. We're all in the tomato world right now, aren't we? It's really fun. The um, <laughs> Joe, I don't know what's happening to your crookneck squash. Um, yes, I would start some new plants. <laughs> Woo, that's rough. Looks to me like um, maybe they got off to a slow start and then they grew a whole lot. But I don't. I don't think that. I think there's too many little, too many plants and not enough fertilizer in this particular case. Okay. Okay. Um, Lawrence is another one with the Carolina geranium. No, it's not a, a, a problem to grow anything in, in cedar, tomatoes or anything else. Cedar is one of our garden woods that we like very much. Very, very much. 
Um, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> okay, now, um, this is a really good-looking. Alvin, these are beautiful tomato plants. Just gorgeous. The one, though, has begun to show some signs of blight. So I'm going to take off those lower leaves, put a little bit of mulch into the top of the soil. I know it's not splashing except from rain, but you certainly do get some from the rain. And um, I would get those ugly leaves off of there right now. If you can possibly move that plant two or three feet away from the others, it might help. But it looks to me like the caging system is pretty well set up. That's really very good. Really, really, really nice arrangement. And yes, you're right. Here is our other pest. <laughs> That's lovely. Just lovely. Wow, so many questions. We're going to be rocking into the next hour of weekend gardening with your phone calls, your texts, a few ideas from me, and quite frankly, the sun will be coming out pretty soon, too. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601-864-3752. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. 
Elders. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 32% of small business owners say inflation is their single most important problem right now in operating their business, which is the highest reading since the fourth quarter of 1980. To cover the cost increases, 86% of owners who responded to a survey from the National Federation of Independent Business said they were raising the price of goods and services. Don McVie with NFIB of Mississippi and Louisiana explains that owners can only absorb so much. Think about your everyday dry cleaner who has a delivery service. At what point, you know, if they're delivering, you know, the price of gas, the price of uh, doing the input, doing the cleaning, what are they, what are they really getting out of it on the back end, you know, and pay, paying their employees? Business owners say inventory and supply, as well as fuel, are the top two contributing factors to higher costs. Record high inflation is costing the average American family more than $300 per month. For all things sports, news, and more in the Magnolia State, head on over to supertalk.fm. This Father's Day, find the perfect gift for the dad who loves the perfect yard. From steel mowers and blowers to trimmers and edgers, our AK homeowner system of battery-powered tools start at just $199.99. Whether dad wants a hard-working tool for a project or a yard he can show off, find the gift he'll love to use. Visit our Father's Day gift guide at steelusa.com slash gift guide. All prices MSRP includes tool, battery, and charger. Available participating dealers. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. It's called the Mississippi Miracle by people in education circles all over the country. And the reason for that is in a very short period of time, uh, less than 10 years, we've moved from the 50th best K-12 system in America as defined by the, the results in a couple of different surveys to somewhere between the 32nd and 35th best K-12 educational system in America. And Governor Tate Reeves believes the third grade reading tests will go down in history as one of the most important pieces of legislation that's ever been passed. The kids that were being passed on from the third to the fourth grade in terms of social promotion just because the districts wanted to move those kids along, if you were having a hard time reading in the fourth and fifth and sixth grade, the likelihood that you could do your math and your science and your English homework in the seventh, eighth, and ninth grade were relatively low. The graduation rate in Mississippi is at an all-time high of 87%. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The Hattiesburg Super Regional gets underway today. Southern Miss takes on the Ole Miss Rebels at Pete Taylor Park. 3 o'clock will be the first pitch, 2.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Ole Miss came out of the Coral Gable Super Regional unbeaten. Tim Elko was the MVP. Making the all-tournament team with him was Peyton Chotney, Jacob Gonzalez, Hunter Elliott, and Brandon Johnson out of Miami in the all-tournament team. In the Hattiesburg Regional all-tournament team for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, Tanner Hall, the right-handed ace for the Eagles, Hurston Waldrop, right-hander also for USM, Christopher Sargent for USM at first base. He was also the most outstanding player in the Hattiesburg Regional, and Will McGillis. 
for second baseman for the Golden Eagles. The Rebels come into the game 35-22, Southern Miss 47-17. Two out of three series. Play game one today, game two tomorrow, Monday if necessary. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey, Bob. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Who goes to Omaha? Super Regionals are underway. Some got underway yesterday. That involves the Tennessee Volunteers, the overall number one seed, taking on Notre Dame. Texas takes on East Carolina in their Super Regional. Texas A&M takes on Louisville in that Super Regional. And Oklahoma taking on Virginia Tech. Those are Super Regionals that got underway yesterday. Getting underway today with Game 1, of course, will be our Ole Miss and USM Super Regional in Hattiesburg at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Stanford takes on UConn in Game 1 of that Super Regional. North Carolina takes on Arkansas. And Auburn takes on Oregon State. The winner of the Hattiesburg Super Regional between Ole Miss and USM will take on the winner of the Auburn Super Regional between Auburn and Oregon State out in Omaha, which is underway on Friday the 17th. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Someone just sent me a note and said, uh, you have on your turtles today. Yes, I do. <laughs> I like batik. I like turtles. It's one of my favorite shirts. You're right. I've had it for 100 years. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> I think. Thank you. I'm not really sure. Welcome in. Thank you so much for being here today. Woo-wee! A lot of text left over from the previous hour. We're going to get to those. And, of course, some phone calls are in already, so we're going to talk to these guys. A couple of people named Jim over here on the uh, on the line. I, I want to tell you that a friend of mine turned 90 this week. And um, he is a role model of mine for very definitely for many, many, many things. It, it is um, it is absolutely true, though, that I wrote this for him. I, I recognize that it's important. It's, it's very, very important to stop and smell the roses. It's very, very important. But also, eat your vegetables, say your prayers, and smile before you frown. My friend has always been one to smile before he frowns, and I honestly believe that this is the next step to understanding 
that whole business of that keeping ourselves positive, keeping a handle on what we're going on with in the world, what's going on around us, and in the garden. Because, you know, you might see a bug, but come on, smile before you frown. (laughs) Try it. It won't hurt. Let's see if we can talk to these guys on the telephone here. Who was here first? Let's see who's up first this morning. Jim, you're in Laurel. Welcome in. What's what's going on today? Good morning, Gordon. I just want to say about that gentleman you just talking about. Mm-hmm. You, him, and myself are lazy people. You know why? Hmm. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Well, you're exactly right. It does. Like twice as many. <laughs> well, I want to smile about my yard now. I talked to you last week about my mom's rose bush. It's doing mm-hmm. good. Now. Good, good. But this dirt is filled dirt. Up, not filled dirt. Topsoil I brought in here. I spread it with a hoe and a rake, and I packed it with my truck. I shouldn't have done it, I don't think. But I packed it with my truck, and I planted uh Centipede grass seed out here, and it's been out here for 10 days now, and that rain washed it off yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's tough stuff. Seeds can I plant that will come up faster and hold this until it starts to take place and root? That is really a tough question. I would Bermuda's going to be the fastest, but unless you got full sun, it's not going to grow that well for the long term. Peas out there, and I know the grass will take it over then. Okay. Well, then go ahead and get get Bermuda and um to, and let that because it will come up quicker. But if you can possibly, because the next problem that you have, of course, is if the rain doesn't wash it away, the birds eat it. So if you can get out there with you know how you put the hay on top of it, that's one of the reasons we put the hay on top of the Bermuda grass seed or any kind of grass seed is because the birds will come and eat it. But they're particularly fond of Bermuda grass seed in the summer. Well, this is centipede. And I know. I if you have centipede left, go ahead and plant it. But if you don't, you got to buy some seed. Get Bermuda. It's, it germinates faster. All righty. Well, Garden Mama, I enjoy your program. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a great week. Good to hear from you. Take care. Take care for sure. Let's see. Wherever they are, <laughs> I'll be happy to talk to Jim. Is he on there? <laughs> okay. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Okay, I've got uh, five peach trees. They're about seven years old. I forgot what name they are, but they were coming out of the LSU, so they're acclimated, you know, from out mm-hmm, the area. Mm-hmm. But the ten- they always were like tennis ball size. And I fertilized them, took care of them. This year, I've got lots of peaches. I mean, hundreds. Mm-hmm. Lemon size. Do you prune the trees in January? I planted the trees no, do you seven prune- years ago. Okay, listen to me. Do you prune the trees in January? Yeah, yeah, I do. All right. I I think maybe you are either pruning too heavily or you may be fertilizing too heavily. Because when we get too many small fruit like that, now you can go in now that they're formed, you know, when they're the size of a, a, a walnut or something, you can go in and take off half of them and the rest of them will continue and, and develop and be bigger. But when you get tremendous fruit set like that, it usually indicates that the, the tree has either got too much fertilizer going on or that it has was pruned a little bit too heavily and reacted with more flowers than it needed to. Now, you told me about this about five years ago. Mm -hmm. This is the third time I've grown corn. Six feet tall. My neighbor's been eating corn for weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what do you feed it with? On the top. What variety is it? Last time you told me. What variety is it? (laughs) Come on, tell me what variety it is and tell me what you fertilize with. It's just a sweet corn, and I use triple eight. 
fertilizer. How often have you used that fertilizer? I just used it one time. Okay. When, I, you know, when it came out of the ground about a foot, I put it okay. on. Okay. Well, that's that's perfect timing, and and you have full sun. And yeah, definitely. And I got tasseled out. You know, beautiful corn mm-hmm. stalks. Mm-hmm. No corn. I do not know why that would happen. Um, I'm going to suggest. Are you in Madison County? Is that right? Spot. I can't tell where you are. And, uh, but anyway, get in touch with your co-op and see. Or next year, plant a faster, smaller corn. What, we, what happens to us is that we plant corn varieties that take longer than our season can allow. It gets too hot, and we end up with a big old tall plant and no corn. So I'm afraid that that's what's happened. You may need a different variety, and you may just need to plant a little sooner. There, I mean, there's several different issues that we've talked about before, but you should be getting corn, so I don't really know why you're not. Was a plant, and then they, you know, like we harvested theirs a month ago, two weeks ago. Right. Anyway. Right, and that's what I'm saying. They probably planted earlier, and they planted a variety with a shorter time to harvest. Okay. Okay. Generally speaking, we talk about fertilizing corn, but we just fertilize with a little bit of nitrogen at at second or third time. Obviously, you don't need that. You got big old plants. You know, you don't need. We we do that to keep green leaves coming. You don't need that. So I'm thinking, get find out what variety your neighbor planted and plan for that seed next year and also um just remember that you you can your your all of this is working it's just not working 100% yet so you're still on the right path okay okay thank you so much hang in there thank you for calling good to hear from you today thank you tough stuff corn can be very very frustrating i've grown wonderful corn and i've grown not so wonderful corn but i love that he's got literally hundreds of little peaches you can thin those and you can also of course pay attention and next year do your pruning a little bit differently that will also help all right on to the text line andrea asks a very important and very difficult to answer question um how do you know what bug it is and what to use obviously that's part of why i'm here is because i can tell but in general, let me give you two hints. If the damage is, like I see on these leaves, discrete, that is to say it's a small hole in several different leaves, but there's not chewing around it, you can be pretty confident that it is a smaller insect than if it if you saw the leaves chewed off or chewed in half, okay? Then we end up, we're looking more at worms and at caterpillars rather than at beetles. But if you've got this small damage, then that's going to be what we're talking about in this particular case on her plants. Now, I'm really very strong on a few things. Insecticidal soap does a world of good for soft-bodied, small insects, piercing and sucking things like aphids and you know, that whole mealybugs, that whole host of those creatures. But when we get to larger mouth parts, we need to think about spinosad. And that's when we're talking. But, but, but spinosad also does some of the other work for us. So read some labels, but understand that between insecticidal soap, pyrethrin, and spinosad, you can control an awful lot of the common insects that you're going to have. You don't have to have a whole shelf full of stuff. And if you can find an insecticidal soap that already has pyrethrin in it, you'll only have to have two. And when we get to specific problems, I'll I'll help you with some of those, too. Um, Why are my mimosas dying? Well, 
sadly, because it has happened before, um, the, the problem is usually that the thing that I remember happening to my dad's, it gets weak in places. There's actually places you can push through the bark, and it's a fusarium fungus. It's very common. It's in the soil. It's why we have some places where mimosa trees do so well that people want to get rid of them and other places where we can't get them to grow at all. And it usually happens, um, you hit the lawnmower, hit the hit the thing with the string trimmer or the lawnmower, hit the trunk of the tree, and the fusarium can get in there. But if the tree is already a weak enough mimosa, it can get in without there being a wound. So I would suggest um, starting another tree. They're, they're going to go. They don't last. They're not long-lived anyway, and they're particularly not long-lived because of the fusarium. Okay. I hate that, but it's true. Yep, I hate that, but it's true. Beautiful pictures of coneflowers and frogs. Oh, my goodness, how cute is that? Thank you for sending that to me. Um, Yes, the tomatoes can go in the cedar, and yes, some of those tomatoes have blight. I'm going through this list. I think I found everything. That's fun. And from Caledonia this morning, oh, the tomatoes are ripening. Yay, Paula, that's wonderful. Pretty hydrangea, too. I posted, if you don't follow me on social media, you should. Um, I'm at Garden Mama on a lot of things. I'm also in the Garden Mama group on Facebook. Um, and, and there's another page for me there, too, that I, I don't see very much of, but I go to when I can. Um, it's it's an interesting thing how things ripen and how they don't and which ones go first and what happens you know so we, I keep up with a lot of that on Instagram and that that's really fun to to add and to watch and to be sure and put uh, put more more emphasis in this week I posted a picture of uh, the really lovely staghorn fern that I have named Orville. You can guess why I've named Orville. The last two storms have sent Orville flying across the courtyard. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is a slight nod to Seth MacFarlane. Yes, it is. Um, the, the, the plant, though, flies right out of its container and has landed both times perfectly fine, not, not a broken leaf on it. So three-point landing, that's pretty good. I'm calling it Orville. And Orville, though, um, has really got lots and lots of game. If you've never grown a staghorn fern, I encourage you to do so. It's a it's a fun plant to have. But in the back of the picture, way in the back of the picture, is my blue hydrangea, much like this one that I'm looking at in Paula's from Caledonia. It just happens to be there. It's nearby. It's really pretty. And I've had three people in the Instagram comments already since last night say, I'm looking at the hydrangeas. Can you show me more of those? <laughs> so I guess I will. Um, ooh, somebody's been fishing. That's beautiful. Just beautiful, John. Really lovely, lovely, lovely. Yes, he's right. Better get out there and take advantage of what may be the last cool day for a while. He's right. Um, He's exactly right. I'm not sure. Oh, the millipedes. Okay. Um, Yeah, it... (laughs) I've had a couple of people, and in fact, even at my house where the ladybugs generally stay outside, I've got some ladybugs that would like to come indoors. Yes, I think he, he says, um, um, I know they come in looking for water, but it, this is the first time we've had this big a problem. Yes, um, this is another case where diatomaceous earth can be helpful. You're not going to put it in your house, but you can certainly put it around the outside of your house. It makes it more difficult for the millipedes or anybody else to, to crawl in because they can't crawl through the stuff. It's diatomaceous earth. Um, yeah, I think they probably are looking for both um, 
to get away from the water, maybe, or to get to the water. It's hard to know. It's really hard to know. But, yes, millipedes are in people's houses. So are ladybugs. So are a few other things that we, we're not accustomed to seeing every single week. But, you know, everything's got to find a place to be, I suppose. Beautiful fish, by the way. Lovely, lovely. Y'all send the best pictures. Y'all are just so kind. Coffee consumption, I did tease that, didn't I? I told you about that. Um, the Two of my very favorite things. We've got good stories this week, information coming to us to share with you about coffee consumption. If you need another reason, um, the study from Johns Hopkins tells us that at least one cup of coffee a day can really be good for you compared to those who don't drink coffee when it comes to things like acute kidney problems. Interestingly enough, might seem counterintuitive, but in fact, that's what they have found. Um, a lot of times, this particular problem is not so much out in the general public as among people who are already ill. But if you have heard from me, as you have probably heard and I have heard, you stop drinking coffee. Well, they don't want you to stop anymore. They want you to have a little bit more, um, a little bit more. Okay. This is from the atherosclerosis risk in communities study. I love that word. Ongoing survey of cardiovascular disease. Fascinating. Anyway, they studied them for 20 years. <laughs> so, Now, we talk a lot here about the neurons, and neurons are the most fascinating pieces, I think. If I, if I really had, could start over again, that's probably what I would do, uh, is, is studying just neurons. But in the Journal of Neuroscience, University of the California, San Diego, it's finally showing us where relational memory is. Okay, now what is that? Well, that's the ability to remember the arbitrary associations. Where did I put my keys? Okay, there's not, a, there's not one answer to that. Your house may have one answer, but you don't always have them in your pocket. You don't, you know. Um, did you turn the stove off before you left the house? These are things that are called relational memories. They, they relate to a thing and an action. They don't relate necessarily in a permanent way to something else. And in fact, quality sleep and an adequate amount of it really does help build relational memory. I'm not saying that the next time you want to turn over and go to sleep when you have something to do, you should say, oh, no, no, I'm building my memory. I have to go to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what this is about. But the idea is that the connections between your neurons get stronger or weaker based on, yep, synaptic plasticity. You've heard me talk about that before. This is how memories are formed or erased. And it has, sleep can actually have a big role in that. It's really important. Um, one of these days, I think our sleep cycle is going to be as studied as our day life cycle. It is in, in, to some extent, but usually it's just for the problems. I think we need to find the others, <laughs> the good reasons. Oh, those blue hydrangeas, Dave, those are beautiful and ripply, just gorgeous. Um, yep. Brad, I know, I'm, and I do think that a vacuum cleaner sometimes helps with the millipedes and the ladybugs, by the way. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Just be sure you take it outside and get rid of that particular bag or empty the chamber. <laughs> yeah, Paula and I are agreed. We both love our coffee. Jared, more beautiful fish. Oh, these are gorgeous. Just beautiful. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Brandon's sending me some beautiful lilies and cone flowers. 
Y'all are just lighting it up today. See, it is easier sometimes to smile first. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Mississippi, I can't leap the Beau Rivage in a single bound. But I do feel like a superhero because my parents got informed and we're vaccinated. So together, we stay safer and save lives. Vaccines are safe and available for children ages 5 to 11. If you were fully vaccinated five months ago or longer, the best defense is to get a booster. Be a superhero the Mississippi way. Get vaccinated or boosted today. Got questions? Connect with a physician of the Mississippi State Medical Association by visiting the MSWay.com. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture and accessories for outdoor and indoor living areas. Lakeland has everything you need from umbrellas and replacement cushions to beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll find Komodo Joe grills, Yeti coolers, and great collegiate gift items. The expert staff at Lakeland is happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. Be sure to get your soils and mulches. Many are sold by the bag or in bulk, and Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 43 years. Listen to your mama now and call 601-939-7304. Visit online at lakelandyardandgarden.com and stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Every day, I see people in crisis. On the surface, they need a good meal. Deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. But we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org 
helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden. He'd let us in, knows where we've been, in his octopus's garden, in the shade. Thank you so much for making weekend gardening part of your day. You might be listening live. You might be pulling us down on demand from supertalk.fm. You might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might even grab the podcast. Thank you very much, however you do that. And if you need to get in touch with me when I'm not right here, or when you're not right there, mama on air at yahoo.com. Mama is always spelled M-A-M-A in my world. I realize there's 10 different spellings, but mine is M-A-M-A. So it's mama on air at yahoo.com. I also, of course, do a weekly newsletter and I would love to have new subscribers anytime at all. You can send me a note at the email and, and find out about that too, or you can go to linktree uh, dot com, linktree slash garden mama rather, and uh, that'll give you information to, about all sorts of stuff about me, things you may or may not want to know. So, <laughs> interesting question from Jason in Pearl. Um, I think the other one's probably a pear tree. Uh, it could be, however, a columnar. Bradford pear type. If you're not seeing fruit on it the way you're seeing fruit on this one, it, it could just be a different kind of tree. But um, the the question is how to what to do about the lichen. You can remove lichen from tree trunks with a brush with your hand. Sometimes it takes something a little bit stronger, but all you're doing is physically removing it. It is not a problem in and of itself. It is an indicator to you. It's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. Lichen on a tree tells you that the tree is not growing as well or as efficiently as it should, and therefore you need to be either pruning um, in January in the case of pear trees, or you need to be watering and fertilizing if you haven't done those things. Those those are all things that, that really are important to keep new growth coming and to keep healthy, keep the growth that exists healthy so that's why that lichen forms it it forms because it's taking advantage of the situation you just don't want it and you don't need it all right all right um question about squash and planting and 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 tomatoes and bell peppers it's it's not too late the june is really the most wonderful time of our garden frankly we're harvesting everything from the spring garden and we're getting ready to plant the summer garden because summer garden is harvested in late summer and fall so yes we're getting right to the time very very soon when it will be time to plant tomatoes and peppers again as well as squash um you can start all those seeds this week next week put them in the ground in a month okay sounds good to me i like it (laughs) i'm looking forward to it i I am going to grab a couple more tomato plants i'll tell you um interestingly enough let's see um hmm andy's in jackson andy this looks like an areca palm 
Um, this is this is where I have to. I, I need some some music that's about. Dun, 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 dun. This is forensic horticulture. What happened to this plant? Oh dear. I do a lot of that. You know that. Um, I think the first thing I see is that it is still alive. That's good news. The second thing I see is that the soil that it's in is pretty heavy. I don't know if it was dug up from a yard or something and put into the container or or what. But I would suggest unpotting it and getting some really well-drained potting soil, trying to find the growing tip, make sure those are above the soil level because it looks like this may have been buried a little bit deeply. Take off the stuff that's dead, water it, put it in the shade, and ignore it for about a month because <laughs> it's going to take a while for some new growth to start. Palms are notoriously slow. I knew someone who was getting his Ph.D. in palms. Yes, that's true. In tropical horticulture, you can study a lot of things. However, he was not expecting to actually see the results of his research for another 10 years. So I always wondered how he wrote that paper. How do you defend what you didn't do yet? Hmm. Anyway, I think it was all about methodologies. But that's another question. Um, yes, indeed. This is really cute. Lisa's in Clara, and she has little tiny tomato leaf and plant and stem coming out of her tomatoes. Yes, those are called proliferations. Um, you'll see them sometimes when you cut a pepper open. There'll be a whole other little pepper plant right up there next to where all the seeds are. Those are also called proliferations. But in this case, it's outside the tomato. Um, it it it's not It might grow. Some people will take this whole tomato and then just plant it because the, the, those some of those will in fact grow. On the other hand. It it may not, um, and I, I just I would give it a try. I think it's fascinating. When I've seen them before, I've I have cherry I've grown a couple of cherry tomato varieties that were older varieties that would do this pretty routinely. If you didn't pick quickly enough, you'd find that you were starting to have more tomatoes. I've had a couple that would grow. I've had a couple of others that wouldn't. So, but it's called a proliferation, and it's um, it's just a horticulture thing, not. It's unusual, but not rare. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. I really love this. The National Institute for Marine Science, for Material Science, I'm sorry, in Japan, has developed a thing that we're going to see. If it works, it's going to be used everywhere, and I really love this. Um, adhesive, of course, is like adhesive tape. Um, adhesive glue, we use them for everything, but in particular in medical situations, we are always trying to get tissues to hold together that have either been disrupted or that we have had to disrupt because of surgeries and whatnot. The complications of what happens at that point, at that, at that space that's been cut or that has ripped open for one reason or another, is oftentimes the biggest. It's just like on a tree when it's on you. That's a vulnerable place. That's where the fusarium can get in into the mimosa, but it's also where stuff can get into you if there's a cut. So holding those things tight in people is generally a good idea. In humans, not so, I mean, in trees, not so much, but in humans, it's always a better idea. So what they have used in, in this, I just love this. They've taken this, the, the, the derived gelatin, which is very commonly used in medical materials, and it did not, it really doesn't work for this particular process. It's not hot enough. So what they found was, and have created a user-friendly, that means you and I can do it, or somebody with a, a little bit of knowledge, um, for example, in a, a 
rescue situation or that sort of thing. User-friendly, hot melt, wound healing adhesive. It's not just going to be easy to apply. It's not just going to use heat to hold things together, but it's actually going to help to heal the wound because it's injected with other things that go directly to the healing that you're trying to get to take place. This is crazy. I love it. I love it. Just so wonderful. So wonderful. Um, Let's see. Yes, Andy says that I am correct. He replanted it in a larger container. He had it in sun and it dried up. Yes, it did. <laughs> so, but you can take it apart and you can get it back to where it was. It'll take a little while, but it but it will it will make it. Um, I don't see the bug, but I will blow the picture up as soon as I can, Sandra, and see if I can spot one. I can almost see that picture. I have to crawl up into the computer here in a few minutes, and I will do that. Okay, okay. Oh my goodness. Do you have any idea? Have, have you have you ever watched all the James Bond movies? You probably got so much else on your mind. You haven't done this, but sometime when there's a James Bond movie marathon, dip in a little bit just to see the technologies because over the years they were always just a little bit ahead of what was going on. And hydrofoils are one of those things. Hydrofoils have been around for ages, but the ability to get them to go fast and far, not so much because of weight issues and wind issues and all the other things. But right now there's a whole new thing from Sweden, and they really need this. It's very difficult to get um, any of these other transportation issues going there because this is this is further developing hydrofoils that will increase the range of the electric vessels, first of all, reduce the consumption of fossil power by a lot. In other words, to try and get, for example, you bring your ship on the ocean, but you've, then you've got to bring everything to into the port, into the coast. And you, usually that's done in tugboats and barges and smaller transports because you're coming from this gigantic ship into the port. If you can do all of that into the port with a hydrofoil, then obviously you're going to have a neater, spiffier, less expensive, ultimately, may cost more to get it going, but ultimately that trip won't cost as much because it really does cost less to run the electric vessels. Pretty fascinating. Um, the problem has been, and what they're working on in this particular issue, is the Chalmers University of Technology is trying to make sure that the thing doesn't get so much water in it that Everything in it, you know, gets wet and can't go. <laughs> so that makes sense to me. I, don't, I would like to know that it wasn't going to happen. Well, well, well. I don't know about you, but I am a person who really, really likes to know what's going to happen next. And you can't always tell that. Most recently, I'll give you the example. We've been looking at bacteria that can take away some of the microplastics in the in the water can sort through some of the pollution issues and we you know we started out with these big beams of stuff to control to contain these the spills and now we're finally down to the level of actually what's the, what the bacteria are that could be in there that could do the work for us well now we've got superworms you may not want to have superworms, but the folks at the University of Queensland are very happy about this. They have found a species of worm. Yes, my friends, if you give them the menu, polystyrene is at the top of their favorites. Can you imagine? How cool is this? It could be, and how many times have we heard the could-be's, but it could be 
the biggest step forward in plastic recycling to have been made in 20 years. It's very, very exciting. This is the Zophobus morio, and it's a super worm. They have that bacterial enzyme in their gut. You know, we talk about developing the bacteria to eat the plastic. Now we've got the worms that have the bacteria, so we let them eat the plastic. I like this. Um, it's kind of creepy, but they not only liked eating it, they also gained weight. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that tells you about the ultimate, uh, how large they're going to be. But the bacteria in their gut are very efficient at eating all of this uh, and, and, and getting rid of it. Now, by the way, the the you think, well, why do I worry about this? I know everything's. I know. The, I know that this, the body wash has um, has has plastic in it. I know that this and that has plastic in it. But you know, so what? Well, so what? This for the first time this year, the snow in the Antarctic has microbeads of plastic in it. We found it in the fish. We found it in the surfaces. We found it in the mountains. Now we found it in the rain. And if you remember, you may or may not remember, at one time we looked around and realized that there was toxic water pouring in in the rain. You know, there was acid rain. We changed a lot of things. We fixed things. So we got to do something about this plastic business, too. I'm kind of intrigued. Um, I'll I, I tell you what. We study creatures. We study them in life. During the pandemic, we began to study all the ones left over in the drawers at any research facility around the country and you've, you, around the world, actually. And you've heard so many of these, of, of us talking about this. Um, and many of those things were extinct. And it was interesting to study them and then go back and find out their relationships. Well, what about when you find one that's alive? Hmm. Fernanda. That's right. This is Fernando's female counterpart, Fernanda. Fernanda is the giant, fantastic tortoise believed extinct, confirmed alive in the Galapagos. Now, we've known she was there, but they didn't think she was this one because they only collected one, one specimen of that critter in like 1800 and something. So, they thought she was something else, but now that we can test these things, we can test the DNA, test, look at the genome, see what it is. It's actually the 2019 living on Fernandina Island, so they named her Fernanda, not real creative, but it does tell you where she lives. And in fact, this is communications biology confirms her species continued existence. That's kind of exciting. They didn't think there were any, and in fact, there are. Um, they they. They all thought, they all had to talk themselves into it. Well, let's just do the test. We don't really think that this is what she is, but let's just do the test. They did the test. She fooled them. She's been there all this time. (laughs) She's been there all this time having a better time and, frankly, probably trying to figure out why they couldn't understand who she was and what she was doing there. Fascinating stuff. I uh, had some salmon this week. It was delicious. But when you go to buy salmon, you'll find farm salmon, you'll find Atlantic salmon, you'll find Atlantic farm salmon, you know, you find West Coast, you find all these different salmons. And you, how do you, um, well, how do you know? And you, you just have to know your source, know your fishmonger, as it were. And, yep, be, be realizing that, indeed, The climate conditions about 800 years ago in the North Atlantic disrupted the salmon, and it's happening again. 
So somebody tells you you're getting Atlantic salmon and you're not paying a premium price for it, you might want to ask if that's really Atlantic salmon. Getting rarer and more expensive as time goes by. I'm going to climb up here in the computer and try and see where this bug is on these roses that otherwise look quite lovely, by the way. Thank you so much. Send me some more pictures. You know how I love to see these things. I'd love to talk to you, too. This is Weekend Gardening. I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. God wasn't and isn't a hermit. From eternity, God is the God of community and conversation. Dr. Michael Ziegler, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Dream. The new degree of comfort. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. This is Joe Cordell of Cordell & Cordell. I want to speak to the dads who are being denied access to their kids, excluded from key parenting decisions, are contending with child support issues. In all of these cases, doing nothing is probably not a good strategy. The law has given you rights, but you have to assert them. If the challenge is the cost of an attorney, Cordell & Cordell offers a capped fee option. Give us a call. 
online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Sometimes people ask me, uh, you seem to like a lot of different kinds of music. Well, yeah, I do. I'm, I can be egotistical about it. I can say I like good music no matter what genre it's in, but then that implies that I've decided what is good. Yes, I have. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you something now. University of Tsukuba, which is someplace I've never been, has found out that, this is in Japan, by the way, they found out that, indeed, dancing does not just feel good. Hear, hearing that beat, feeling, as they say, groovy rhythm. <laughs> I don't know what that even means, but I love this. It improves the cognitive performance when it is the groove that you like. I've asked you here before, which when is it a groove and when is it a rut? It's a groove as long as you like it. Like getting up and going to work every day, um, doing doing whatever it is that you do as a routine. As long as you like it, it's a groove. You get in the groove and you're good at it. When it gets to where it's hard to do because you don't like one part of it or another part of it, then it, that's when it becomes a rut. And for the, as they say, the groove enjoyers, that would be me and you for the groove that you like, Scientific Reports is letting us know that this particular piece of research is very, very important. They were surprised. Duh, I'm not surprised. They found that rhythm-enhanced executive function, it enhanced activity only in the people for whom that particular music offered the groove sensation. That's why you like one thing, I like another, and we both do better when we're listening to what we like to listen to. That's why there's different genres. That's why there's different kinds of music. I love That just makes tremendous sense. Um, I love this question. James in Hamilton says he's got stink bugs all over everything. What to do for them? There's there's three steps. Um, get get some spinosad because you're going to need that. But you also need um, to understand that that they're fairly resident. They stay there. 
So you can put down on the ground a, an, an old bed sheet or some such thing, shake the plants early in the morning. A lot of them will fall off onto that, and you can just get them out of the garden. You can also pluck them out. They don't bite. And the more that you pluck out of the plants, the better you're going to have, better chance you're going to have. When they're all over different kinds of plants, you have to wonder why that's happening. And so you need to kind of look around and make sure that you don't have someplace else that is actually serving as a home for the stink bugs. Some other plant, if you, if you search around and you find a, a weed patch, for example, where there's just hundreds of them, cut the weed patch down. Get rid of that space. That's holding them. That's giving them a place to live, and you don't want them to do that. You want them to be somewhere else in a hurry. Um, Sandra, I think the bell, I think that bug on your rose is a lace wing, but look it up because I can't really get close enough to see much of the bug, but look and see if I'm right. I think it's in the top of the flower. If that's the case, um, that's actually a very good thing. Very, very good thing. Uh, I not only love mimosas, I also love fog. And I'm happy to say that John is correct. This is going to be in most of our area a cooler day and one of the last ones perhaps, before the summer really kicks in on us. So I say get it all done. Um, if you got plants to plant, you got bulbs to, to do something with, you got uh, some bed you're working on, this is a really good day to do that. And also, if you are intending on engaging a neighbor's child to mow your yard this summer or some such thing as that, this would be a good day to talk them into it because today it won't seem like such a bad idea. By about the first week of August, they'll be wondering why they agreed to do it. But that's because they're just kids and they need gas money and believe me everybody needs some gas money now um let's see ah well you're exactly right he says that he's surrounded by a thousand acres of soybeans and wheat and every time they work the field the stink bugs come to his house yep (laughs) that's that's makes perfectly good sense sure enough thank you papa d i appreciate that so very very much Always love hearing from you. I love hearing your, your good, the good news that you bring to me. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I have a few million things going on in my garden, and some of them we got to talk about today, and some of them we did not. But I'm happy to say that gardening goes on week after week. Lucky for us, um, we live where we get to even talk about it every week all year long. When you are thinking about starting a garden or when you've got some kids that you're, you know, you've got grandchildren coming to visit or children that are just now old enough to get out into the garden space, think about things that fit your hands, fit their hands. Um, think about those morning glories. Like I was talking about my 10-year-old morning glory seeds that came up. And no, I didn't soak them. I'm, I, everything is wrong. The seeds were old. Um, I did not do anything for them. I just planted them and it's not because it's me. Somebody say, oh, well, you can grow anything. No, actually, I can't. <laughs> Squash is one of those. But if you will give yourself the opportunity to try some things, you will oftentimes find that things do better than you expected them to, or they will at least surprise you in the way that they go sideways. Um, I have some onions right now that have sprouted from themselves, and they're pretty funny, but I do, I really do enjoy them. I, I think they're lovely, and so far they taste good, but we'll see what happens with them. Gardening is a very positive act. Gardening can be something that can save your life. I say that because it has saved mine. And I hope that you all understand that when you plant a seed, you're also planting a part of yourself and a good idea. But if it goes wrong, you can always plant another seed. It's very important to know that. This is an optimistic act. It is one that I think probably too many of us don't um, don't really appreciate 
there are uh, I noticed this morning that the last two storms have actually gotten the last bit of some paint that blew over from my neighbor's project onto my shrubs. I knew it was latex paint. I wasn't going to go out there and start scrubbing it off the plant, but it has all come back out, and I'm happy to say. So that's an advantage of even having more than an inch of water where I didn't need it. Higher levels of optimism have been associated in this particular study at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health with longer lifespan and living beyond age 90. Now, this is women across many all the races, all the ethnic groups. But I got to tell you, my friend um, who turned 90 this week is is a wonderful man who I, I believe has already beaten most of the odds. And certainly optimism is a big part of his life. Um, the research suggests that the benefits of optimism extend across many, many otherwise marked and differentiated things. I continue to tell you we are more alike than different as human beings and we are certainly more alike in that we can all look a little bit more on the positive side. You have to talk yourself into it just like you have to talk yourself in sometimes to being nice or into being kind, which is the word that I prefer for all of that. But you can do that. You can give yourself those new messages, and many of them will be very, very beneficial. In a previous study, they determined that um, optimism was linked to a longer lifespan and exceptional longevity, which at that time was defined as 85 years. Now it's 90. We are living longer. That in itself is is something, some cause for optimism. But it's also important that we understand that we need to find other ways to get people to listen to us and sometimes it's just because you're still around sometimes that's all it takes jeff and brenda in hattiesburg hey y'all they want to know if using a shop back every day to vacuum up stink bugs would off the tomato plants would be a good idea sure if your if your shop vac's not as loud as mine and and you know um doesn't work quite as hard or you have a small hose for it that would be a perfect way to go and i say why not but also remember don't take that vacuum and leave it laying around. You got to get rid of the stink bugs just like you would the ladybugs or the millipedes. <laughs> Here's here we are on weekend gardening talking about vacuum cleaners. Why not? Come back next week, we'll do it again. This is weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Spillway Diner, your local neighborhood family diner. Known for serving breakfast all day, Monday through Sunday till 2 p.m. They also serve lunch from 11 to 2 each day. And for a limited time, enjoy 20% off lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you tell them you heard it on Super Talk Mississippi. Spillway Diner, where you are greeted with a welcome and a smile. Located on the corner of Spillway and Old Famine. For a full menu and customer reviews, check out Spillway Diner on Facebook. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.